My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. I, I, I've always been uh, a ham bone growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I interview the people who make their livelihood from entertainment. I miss commercials, peanut butter, and long-form improv. Yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Online and like contact my agency, and there's a lot of sitting around watching Netflix. <laughs> Artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. <laughs> I'm going to kick myself until the end of time. Email me your questions, your suggestions, your complaints to livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Always Jeff- paired up with Nicole Kidman. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Jeff Murdoch. I dare you to rate the show on iTunes, give me a review, and become a fan of facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. I said, no, 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 get me get me that Dove commercial. This is episode number 29, two professional improvisers, Mel Evans and Jeff Murdoch. Living the Dream, my name is Rich, and I have with me two guests today. I usually uh, only do one guest at a time. I've actually had one episode that had multiple guests, but uh, that was a married couple, and now I've got two people who are not married. No. Nope. No, not that I know of. Uh, But we're on a ship. You could. You could get married. The captain can marry you. Yeah. Don't we need a license? Do we need to get a license elsewhere? I don't know. I don't know maritime law. Oh. But then we would only be married at sea. So on land, I'd be single still? Yeah, but anytime you're on a boat, you're married. <laughs> nice. What if she's not on the boat? I have no idea. Uh, I have with me Mel Evans. Hi. And Jeff Murdoch. Hi. Uh, both improvisers based in Chicago, uh, currently writing the Norwegian Gem, mm-hmm. working for the Second City. Thank you for being on the show. Thank, Thank you, you for Rich. having us. Uh, the reason that I wanted both you guys on, as opposed to... Because you're both... In and pardon the expression, you're both in the same boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're fake left, but I'm real left. <laughs> good, good. We're we're getting somewhere. Um, but like you both, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, have never made a living off of entertainment money solely before this, and both because you're on this boat now, this is your only job. Cor- is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. I do. I, I I have an agent back in Chicago, mm-hmm. but I have not made any money through them. It, well, I wasn't even saying any. I was just saying making a living. But hey, that's right, yeah. You you will. Thank you, you sir. Will. Absolutely. And I have made money off of my art, but I have not made enough to live upon. Exactly. Yeah, and you. So you're both pretty standard day jobbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. uh, Mel, you're paralegal. Yes. Uh, and you've been, how long have you been in that gig? I have been paralegaling for five years. Wow, that's, that's like a career. And then did it, was there any hesitation when Second City, because like obviously you can't paralegal f- remotely from the boat. Right, and that was uh, my probably my my major source of debate when I first was offered the Second City job. Do I want to possibly give up? this paralegal job which is steady income and health insurance and a 401k all those things that actors don't typically have exactly (laughs) so do i want to chance not possibly being able to return and i really talked a lot with a lot of lawyers i literally talked to lawyers (laughs) yeah before accepting the second city job. That must be nice to have access to a bunch of lawyers and be like, hey. Get. But it wasn't consulting. It I mean, was, of course. <laughs> but at the same time, you know. It know. was saying, hey, do you think I'll be able to have my job back? Do you think it's too much to ask that that I would be able to return to this in four months? And, mm-hmm. and what do you think the situation would be? And in theory, when you get done with this contract, you can have that job back if... 
you want it. They have very lawyerly spoken to me mm-hmm. and said, "You, we don't know what the state of the world or the company will be in four months, so we can't make any promises, but for all intents and purposes, you should be able to return. They said, promise low, deliver high. Yeah. yeah. And Jeff, you you were also kind of a standard nine to fiver before this, right? I was a nine to fiver, but unlike Mel, I did not have a four hundred one k or any sort of uh, things save like any savings or uh, benefits from my work. I have been a four year temper, so I temp at different places for the last four years. Oh wow! Like with, did you just not want to temp to perm? Or? Uh, no, I, I was always open to it, but it never arose. The economy was kind of rough when I got out of college, and I had some jobs that liked me. Um, but they, like, I worked at Northwestern for a while, and they wanted to keep me on, but, like, temps were only allowed to stay there for six months. And they, unfortunately, when my six months was over, they weren't able to hire anyone on. Mm. So I, I've been doing, like, I've been working through agencies for the last four and a half years, I guess, uh, just bouncing around. I mean, I guess it's pretty great that they're keeping you in steady temps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, nice. There's been some rough spots where, like, I have had, like, three months of unemployment, and in theory, it's fun. It's like, cool, I get a little rest. But uh, <laughs> once, uh, once the first month's over, you're like, okay, now I want this rest to be over. But uh, I think one of the best quotes I ever heard, and I don't know if my friend made it up or was quoting someone and just didn't ascribe it to them, but they said, when you, when you don't have a job, you never have a day off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that is so true. Yeah, it's uh, like, you want to do stuff, uh, but you got to work. But when you're unemployed, you have the time to do stuff, but you don't have the money to do stuff. And you also, like, at least I, whenever I was unemployed, I would feel bad about not constantly trying right. to hustle to find work. Yeah, and I was trying to, like, you know, go online and, like, contact my agency. And there's a lot of sitting around watching Netflix. <laughs> well, fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's a lot of that when you work. Yep. Amen. Too. Uh, so now you're, you've both kind of been thrust into the world of full-time actors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, how, like, how is... You, is it blowing your mind? I mean, you know, you've been temping for four years, you've been paralegal for five years, and now you're not waking up the same time Monday through Friday. Like, what? what's that like? It's a bizarre world where we're on, like, a vacation because truly we work, like, how long would you say we work a week? I'd say a very <laughs> liberal estimate would be 12 five hours. 12 hours? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's weird. Like, uh, I mean, I'm so used to doing shows for free in Chicago, like, six shows a week and then like rehearsals and then you know working as well it's it's kind of nice but it's also uneasy it's yes. weird not being stressed out constantly oh I'm like, yeah you're you're, it's you're stressed. stressed not being stressed yeah like, i need my stress to calm me down it was my blanket <laughs> but it does it exactly it seems you seem so unmotivated mm-hmm. with all this free time. I mean, I do. I can't. I know a lot of other people do so much more work than I do, but I seem. I feel aimless and mm-hmm. and unmotivated to write my own stuff or work on my own stuff because we've got so much downtime. Yeah, it's like a sea. If you mind, if you don't mind my <laughs> pun, a sea of freedom. <laughs> I, I don't mind your pun. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, speaking as someone who's, this is my fifth contract, is my first contract, I got nothing done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, not, sure. I mean I, the, the only thing I got done, I put on 12 pounds. But, uh, you know, I, I think if you do it more, it, some people's minds get into the point, well, it's like, hey, if I can't be this bored for this many months, you know. Uh, sure. But your first contract, I don't think anyone should ever feel bad about not doing anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you have any goals in mind when you got this job of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be at C, maybe I want to do this or that or something? Yeah, I still want to do some writing, force myself to get into doing that, and I'm trying to force myself to spend at least an hour a day working that. Nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any specific writing goals. I kind of wanted to start formatting a couple of shows that I'm working on when I get back while I was here, and I've started working on that, but my real goal... <laughs> for this contract was to go through the marathon training Mm -hmm. and and run a marathon while i was on this contract and i'm right on point with that so i mean that's that's huge and she uh, works out five hours a day five hours it's huge i really long do you actually clock five hours no you like two hours though i do two hours but now that we're getting into longer runs i will start running for three hours in a and you have like at home you, because you marathon trained while you were having a full time job and everything. Was it uh, super difficult to fit in all that running when you were clocking? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So this is the perfect time to kind of have a cushion marathon training so that I can go back and do it better when I go through the actual training program for the actual marathon. Absolutely. Yeah. When uh, so let's let's go back. You, Mel, how long have you? When did you start doing improv? I started doing improv when I was 15 years old. I was taking an acting class, and it just in most improv uh, acting classes, you'll have an improv day where you go over how to improvise as an exercise for character development and things like that. Yeah. So we played a couple improv games as a part of this acting class, and it just I was the only one who kind of got it in this group of teenagers and and my teacher even said that I was a real standout in character work and I kind of just pursued it from there so I went through the typical channels of joining your your college improv troupe right when you get there and I did some improvised fairy tales when the the actual lines were improvised but everyone knows Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and all that good stuff Yeah. right after college and then my friend from my college troupe said I think Chicago is the place for us Mm. and we moved on out there Mm -hmm. just you and a friend didn't know anyone really in Chicago no there's no one I think that's the thing is you kind of find a lot of college people will team up for a while sure and and say oh okay you went to u of m you went here i know you i a lot of other people (laughs) i I don't know you but i need to know someone so yeah Mm -hmm. so you've kind of got kindred spirits that you can at least have that connection with kurt and i were the only people from the college of new jersey (laughs) (laughs) who came out to Chicago, and I think we will be the only people from the College of New Jersey who ever will come out to Chicago. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, Jeff, you, you started improvising in college. Did yes. you do anything before that? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, I've always been uh, a ham bone growing up. <laughs> <laughs> a ham bone. Is that the saying? Uh, it is now. <laughs> if it wasn't before, maybe it was. Uh, I've been a ham bone, so I always liked making people laugh and just joking around. Uh, I bought like, a video camera in high school. And me and my buddies would just make videos and, like, you know, music videos and stupid 
reenactments of the Blair Witch, we'd call it the Redford Alien Project. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty ridiculous. We watched. I watched it over Christmas when I went back home. Um, still holds up. Still holds up. <laughs> but then uh, I went to college at the University of Michigan, and I didn't do. I did. I, I got into acting in high school. Did a musical because I, I used to wrestle and it broke my collarbone. Oh. So my mom was like, "Nope, no more wrestling for you." So I got into acting, like in plays. Which musical did you start out in? Once Upon a Mattress. Which role did you have? Prince Dauntless. <laughs> My first time out. I'm such a ham bone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, I did some acting. Uh, freshman year, I, I did some plays, some like student-written plays. And then I found out about a, a improv group. Uh, I, I didn't really know. I saw whose line is it, anyways, but I didn't really know exactly what improv was. Sure. But I knew it was a comedy group. I'm like, I love comedy, so I went to audition. Because I'm a ham. Did like you put on like, hey, I'm a ham bone. I went on my Facebook, which I don't think was around yet. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I wrote it on my MySpace and I said, I'm a ham bone. <laughs> and I auditioned for Witsen, which has uh, some of my best friends in Chicago are were in that group, and we all came out together. Nice. Good number of us. Um, and so I did that for three years. Uh, performed at a place called the Improv Inferno yeah. in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, met your friend Phil Ranta. Sure, sure. He's, He's a good the, guy. the CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. Thank you for making this possible. Hi, Phil Ranta. U of M, go blue. Um, <laughs> so he, he went to Michigan, too. And uh, so I, I really got into it there. And we went to Dirty South Improv Festival. And I saw, I was doing short form at the time, but short form is fun. But when I saw Long Firm for the first time, I was like, wow, I want to pursue this. I think that's awesome. So we started doing that, and we started reading Truth and Comedy. And that's when I knew I wanted to come to Chicago. <laughs> what a whirlwind adventure. Yeah, well, and, like, okay, for me, when, and I, you know, of course, similar story, and I think a lot of people do, of, like, move to Chicago, and, mm -hmm. and you, you do it. But my whole goal was I want to be a, an actor for a living. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm coming to find out that not necessarily everyone comes with that goal. Like, yeah. uh, was were you guys like thinking when you came to Chicago, like this is going to be my career or just like my hobby or I don't know? I had no idea. Uh -huh. I felt I feel so. The theme of my life is just <laughs> allowing things to happen to me and constant aimlessness. But I I always just think, oh, this is a good idea would okay would you say that you're I, just riding the wave yes i am just riding the wave and uh you you think oh okay yes i will do this next thing and not think too much but then i think everybody gets to chicago mm -hmm. and you go to your first show and you say oh okay i can do this and i will be on saturday night live by the end of the year yeah and Usually. as soon as you start taking classes you mm -hmm. realize that it's a much slower process than that and you say well maybe i'll just be on main stage by the end of the year <laughs> yeah and then i'll, do, you, I'll just take torco <laughs> right and then you, you know i'll settle for, yeah. for the second city <laughs> and then you say well maybe if i take second city and and improv olympic at the same time i'll i'll get on torco mm -hmm. by the end of this year and you, it takes a while for everyone to lose that starry-eyed sure. idealism of how far they're going to get in the world. And I feel like I have done nothing but hustle for five years that <laughs> I've been in Chicago, and I'm still like, what's the, what's the end goal here? What am I going to get to? I would love to have someone hand me 
uh, a development deal and say, mm-hmm. yes, just go and, and write your own thing and we will give you at least a season yeah. or at least a movie. But I don't think I ever said outside of that level one, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get on Saturday Night Live, no problem. I'm going to get on main stage, no yeah. problem. Now, the more you work, you say, I don't know if, if I'm cut out for it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, did you did you have an end game coming out? Uh, I feel like I definitely wanted to perform, get paid to perform somehow, um, and I'm doing it. Yeah. You, I mean, uh, yeah, you're both doing congratulations because thanks, yeah. no matter what happens after this boat, you can always say, for four months, I got paid. To I was a professional actor, yes. and very few people on the whole can do that. Darn, darn straight. I feel like there's an almost opposite thing in Chicago for me where it's like here I have too much freedom or too much free time and there I I, I force myself I do so many little projects that both kind of mar what I want to do exactly <laughs> or muddy it up like I, I, I still don't know what I want to do exactly like I wish somebody would be like hey Jeff this is what you're gonna do um, I feel like maybe I busy myself too much in Chicago and here I'm not busying myself enough I have I feel the same exact way and I feel like along those lines you're you're you feel in Chicago when you're not acting full-time that you've got to pick up every little thing Mm -hmm. because you don't know if this is your chance and this is what's going to (laughs) get you to the next level but then it's it's really I feel even doing that that I know where my best shots are gonna be Mm -hmm. I I know where I'm kind of wasting my time and where <laughs> I I know the rep look I'm I'm hip to this game I've been hustling for five years yeah I I know what I have to do to to get to the next level but I'm still like oh it's sometimes it's not even fun it's just oh I feel like I should take this show just to have my schedule as filled completely as I can mm-hmm but that's that's probably what yeah. being on a boat has taught me a lot about uh, that I I can shave off some of this mm-hmm. and really devote my myself to more fulfilling projects. Yeah, I think we need to, we need to look deep down within ourselves and be like what do I want to work on not like oh this is happening right now I should do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is a common problem, not, not only with people that I've uh, interviewed, but just, like, in life in Chicago, is I feel like people come to Chicago with no real... Mm-hmm. Some people have a, a clear goal, but for the most part, it's exactly your stories of, like, I came to Chicago just because, I don't know, I wanted to do some improv and see yeah. where it took me. Right. Uh, like, how can we solve that? Like, what what pamphlet can we write and hand to, an, like, it, oh, so you're moving to Chicago? Well, mm-hmm. I think just with you saying that, I, I wish I could take every young improviser and I got a subletter when I got on this contract and she was brand new just wanted to move to Chicago she's coming straight from St. Louis and we kind of sat her down in the kitchen and gave her (laughs) the rundown of look this is you're gonna be your best bet but I feel like no matter what you do Everybody is going, you cannot deviate from this path right now because everyone is going to be so desperate to get as much stage time as they can that they will will just grab onto whatever. We're all going to make these same mistakes over and over and mm-hmm. a handful of us are going to be lucky enough to 
be seen and be hired. But meanwhile, we'll have another 500 to 2,000 improvisers who are are desperately clamoring yeah. for a playground. No, playground is great, and I highly recommend everybody go to the playground. I've been to the playground for four and a half years. I drove out from Michigan to the playground. I think Chicago that's the best story. Audition. Uh, you, you you drove just for the playground audition? Yeah, I was like, ooh, playgrounds. I'm going to be moving here next week. I should drive out to Chicago to audition for the playground. And it's four and a half hour drive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And that's how Jeff Murdoch got on CEO of everything, and it warms my heart. because yep. I think And you're the, still with that team? Yep. We still love each other. Wow. Eight of us are still together. Two of them. Two of the ladies got married and moved off. Whatever. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh... You know, I have a very similar story. If I had a subletter, my first boat, he was a guy from Texas, found me through Texas Connections, and I, I swear to God, like, I love that kid. Uh, his name's Caleb, if he's listening, shout out to Caleb. But, uh, like, <laughs> I doubt he's listening. He, uh, I swear the first, because he overlapped a week, he's, like, couch crashed for a week, and I feel like every single night was, like, lecture time from Rich. Like, let me tell you, let's have a beer. I'm a, let me, here's what you don't do. And he's and he's doing the same, like, what he's doing is fine, but he's doing exactly what we're all doing. Yeah. Right. I, no one will ever say, yes, I should take this advice to heart and really concentrate myself on things that I believe in. Mm-hmm. You need, It's kind of like a, a rumspringa totally when you first is. get to, to Chicago <laughs> and you need to go crazy. And honestly, I miss that rumspringa. But it was just like this <laughs> magical time where I was out every... I could, And I was like in my early 20s and I could still do that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm only like mid to late 20s now, but I'm still feeling it. So it, it's so oh yeah I wish I could go back to the days where I was like I'm gonna show, sit and watch show, all these show. shows and then I'm gonna go to Mullins yeah. and deconstruct every second of them with my friends we're gonna talk about who we thought was funnier TJ or Dave oh right? man <laughs> I think uh, I think it was probably month number four that I lived in Chicago where I finally said okay if I'm at a party and the com- and they're talking about improv, I can't. I have to migrate away from that conversation because, mm-hmm. like, your first few months, that's all you want to talk yeah. about. Right. And then I was like, oh no, this is a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm, it's not. I mean, I'm, it's like it's new and fun, but like it's it's so boring <laughs> to anyone who's not an improviser. And it's just. So okay. I was like, nope, no more improv talk. I'm at a party. The first couple of years, I would go home and like, it'd be weird having conversations with family members on the holidays. Like, oh man, I want to talk about a show I saw, but. uh this is not it's not even the same world i feel okay i'm gonna go back into stupid marathon analogy but i've i've been doing this forever i started teaching a little bit which i love and is so weirdly gratifying to have a, a level one class of fresh improvisers or people who don't even want to improvise outside of a class ever um and i have tons of rehearsal I probably have four or five rehearsals that I have a week in Chicago and I feel like you do I've gotten to the point now where I do all that and then I just don't even think about the mechanics of it when I'm on stage I don't think about I'll think oh what what do I need to do in this piece but I don't think about exactly what I'm doing and that's I feel like I'm at the point with distance running in a marathon where you train and train and train so that you can have a blank mind, your static mind, yeah. and in the, the long run and just let your body go through the motions and know that it'll perform. Yeah. So for my students, I usually use the uh, kung fu analogy of like you don't you don't think I'm about to block 
but you just do it because you've practiced it so much. Right. You just practice so that you can have those instincts when it gets to time where you have to fight Jeff Murdoch on stage. Yeah. That's good. Sound. And I mean, physically fight him. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. We're doing really dangerous stuff on this boat. I used to wrestle. <laughs> so that all goes back to that rumspring of you need to kind of gorge yourself on improv mm-hmm. for a couple of years so that you can get to the point not saying i'm a master and i you're pretty good you're all right jeff murdoch thanks Mel. But oh my god get married on a boat oh let's go see the captain <laughs> we got a new captain we gotta figure out who he is <laughs> um yeah i mean going back to that uh like i i, I mean those first couple of years i'm seeing so many shows uh but these last couple of years you know i go to do my own shows and then i sort of don't pay it forward and go to see someone else's shows. Um, but now that I'm on this boat, I'm like, mm, man, when I get back to Chicago, I'm going to go see a whole bunch of shows. No, you get a hankering. Yeah, it's something oh. that you miss it when it's you don't have that readily. I miss commercials, peanut butter, <laughs> and long-form improv. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> that sounds like a great meal. <laughs> With improvisers, it's, um, you know, I, I feel like you, you do get to the point where, like, well, I don't want to see any shows anymore. But then, like... Do you before this boat? Hmm? Did you ever kind of stop and look at your calendar and go, "Wait, I'm filling my time with this thing that I don't want to do in my free time. Like I don't want to see a show in my free time, but I'm my calendar's full of me doing shows. Like is that did that ever like occur to you to go, "Maybe I should cut back or maybe I should focus or It always occurs to me that I should cut back because when you say I don't have a free day until 2 months from now, mm-hmm then you immediately realize this is this is a lot i'm going overboard yeah for sure here but at the same i i ultimately improvisers are selfish you don't (laughs) we're really selfish people and we don't want to miss out on the opportunity to do a show to get that high from the audience Mm -hmm. to to make ourselves happy by making other people laugh or to have that chance to be seen because God knows if I'm not at that playground show that Lorne Michaels shows up for. He's going to be there. Because I decided I'm too tired to play Big Yellow Bus this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to kick myself until the end of time. That, I, I definitely, I know what you're talking about for sure. It's, it's, sounds like I feel, I might feel sick before a show. I'm like, oh, Oh, but what if this is the good one? Oh, right. I better go. And then I'd probably make it worse by being the sick guy there. You don't ever it's want just, to miss want to something. Miss mm-hmm. You don't ever... Yeah, it's, it sucks when you miss a show and your team is just patting themselves on the back afterwards because that was probably the best show that they've ever done. And yeah. it was amazing. And remember when they did that? Yeah. Oh, man, that was so great. And everybody went crazy. And I'm on the email chain with my team at IO right now. And so they're talking about their shows. And I'm like... Oh, good. I'm glad you're having good shows. I know. Even though I am glad they're having good shows, but but it's it's selfish. You don't you want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of that that great process and that great payoff. So improv rarely pays money. Sometimes it does, but as you said, as you both said, your calendar's full and you don't make much doing it. And I I'm kind of you know most everyone's like that. Right. Does it ever occur to you like well? I'm going to expand my horizons. I'm going to try a straight play or I'm going to try, a, you know, something else that is in the same ballpark and see if I can... Did that ever, like, go... Um, I mean, I, I do I do a lot of stuff at the Annoyance Theater, too, which is more, like, uh, like 
funny plays. Um, you know, you write stuff out and you, you perform it, but it's scripted. Yeah. Um, I, I've never had the hugest hankering to be a serious actor. Um, sometimes I, I get it itch for it when I have friends that do stuff at the artistic home, but that's just me being selfish again. <laughs> um, but n- not really. I, 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 I like being funny, mostly. So even like being like a Eugene O'Neill play, like a comedy play, wouldn't mm-hmm. that do um, it for you? I mean, I probably would try it. I, I think that would be fun to do, uh, a comedic play. Um, but I, I've never personally ever felt the strongest urge, but if it did come along, I totally would want to try it. Yeah. I kind of I feel like I've prevented myself yeah. from from doing these things that I've pursued improv and comedy so much. I've been invited to audition for theater companies, and I when I auditioned for agents, they always said, "Well, do you want to pursue theater or or commercial work?" And I would always say commercial, even after they watched <laughs> me and said, "Well, you'd probably have a better shot in theater." I said, no, 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 get me, get me that Dove commercial. That Dove commercial? Uh, <laughs> but Candy I, or soap? Soap. Real women. But, yeah, I just, I, I feel like I've put up barriers for myself. I never want to because I often feel not limited, but I do sketch comedy, so that's acting enough for me. Yeah. I never I, thought about a whole play. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I just don't run in the same circles with a lot of actors, so it's never really been in my, like, in my sight, vision, line yeah. of vision, so, like, I just don't think about it too much. If, uh, if you could construct your life and, like, you know, just put the pieces and make things happen, mm-hmm. uh, ideally, where would you want to be in five years? Like, if it was all up to you. Perfect world? I wish I could have something where uh, I had a crew, uh, where we, we write and we, we act in, sort of like a, a Judd Apatow crew. Yeah. yeah. Just like s- people that I are my friends that we work with together. I don't want to be like a Hollywood actor where it's like, ah, it just, he's in another movie with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Jeff Murdoch. Always Jeff, paired up with Nicole Kidman. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Jeff Murdoch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to work with my friends. Uh, and I, I would love as many people to see that as possible. And you're talking about like writing TV shows or movies? TV shows or, or movies, yeah. Um, I mean, right now, I, I love working with my friends on the stage, like at The Annoyance or at I.O. and uh, just around Chicago. But yeah. uh, it, w- it would be great to have that, uh, a wider audience. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mile five years. I think, I feel like when I start examining my life, I can't picture a part of it that I would really want to sacrifice for mm-hmm. anything else. I can't. I don't think that I would want to stop improvising just so that I could write full time or uh, stop writing, even though I've pretty much stopped writing right now, <laughs> so that I could be in scripted works all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think a writing gig is kind of where it's at. It's it's the best bet for someone like me, a woman of uh, older older years oh my god she's not old i'm 47 she's not 47 i checked her card (laughs) but i no i i think that at this point in my life i i would love to be writing something and i would love to be paid on a regular basis to write something i would love to do corporate 
stuff and and supplement writing with with some corporate improv gigs and Mm -hmm. and sketch stuff and just be able to pursue that that would be i want to be mindy kaling is what i want in five years who is that mindy kaling is a writer and producer on the office she also plays a a role and she oh she plays the uh she's the indian kelly yes kelly kapoor but she writes books. She writes most of the episodes. She's the producer of a lot of the episodes. She is what I want to be when I grow up. She, yeah, she had a small part. And I just watched the movie No Strings Attached. I yes. think she had something to do writing that yeah. or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Rich? What do yeah, you want to do, you wanna do, you wanna do, do in five, five years? years? Oh, good lord! This is I, I ask the questions here, people. Tables turned. <laughs> uh, I mean, ideally, I, I want to be a touring stand-up. Stand-up, yeah. uh, which I'm currently not a stand-up at all, mm. so that seems silly. I currently, <laughs> I currently have no friends, so you have a friend in me. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Let's go write some stuff. If all we, right. If we're gonna start singing, uh, I'm gonna need different microphones. <laughs> but what do you do? Okay, how do you? What do you do in to be a touring stand-up from where you are now? How do you transition I mean, your your life you, as it is now? I don't know if you want to, I mean, my life plan right now is I've, I've got a whole bunch of jokes. I've got me doing 32 minutes uh, in front of about a 500 seater that was mostly full uh, and I've got that on tape. And my goal is to edit it to where I can get like the best jokes and send it to an agent and, um, you know, try and get gigs. Nice. That's like, I, I, my, my my thing is that I uh, I have very specific goals and I always have, but they've uh, I'm just really lazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm coming from. Me too, man. I I have so many dreams, but they get taken over by me wanting to sit down and play video games instead. Video games are real fun. Mm-hmm. I hadn't played them in a while, and then I um I, I came home last winter, and yep. there's nothing to do in the winter but like stay in your house and hate life in Chicago and uh, I found Arkham Asylum Yeah, and I was like oh this is what happiness is <laughs> I bought an Xbox 360 last year and let's just say that there's a couple games I racked 200 hours in that's impressive yep. sir well played two questions I ask all my guests sure, sure. Uh, one um, if improv was just taken away and I don't know how I would do that but improv is gone you can't improvise what, what? I know. Uh, you can't write. You can't act. Oh, you man. can't like all of entertainment. I hate this. No, I I'm not. I'm, I'm, hate me. Fine. Uh, <laughs> it's done. What now? What's your life focus? Baking. Baking. <laughs> I would definitely have some kind of sweet bakery that has uh, moist cupcakes. Would be my. My angle. Would that be the name of your cupcaker? No. (laughs) This is my actual plan that I have always said that I would do. I would, because bakeries tend to be open Mm -hmm. in the early morning. That's correct. And I wanted to open a bakery that would be open later. I would call it after school special. Oh. And we would do all pun after school special treats that would be open for people when they're getting off of work and, Mm -hmm. and... You know, after their shows, it would be a, a bakery open a little bit later in the day. I, like I make it. Twinkies as well, some pies. I make all kinds of things. So, uh-huh. yes, if I can only get down flower decorating, I've got to learn how to make flowers. 
that's that's my life goal right wow. now. <laughs> and that's a lofty one. That's excellent. Jeff, what, what's your life about in this horrible world I've created? I'm going to give you two answers. Great. One answer would be how I feel now, but the other answer will be, well, the first answer I'll give you is, if this stuff never existed, what would I have done after college? Well, I would have pursued teaching history, so I'd probably be a teacher somewhere. Really? Yes. Um, high school? or Probably high school, I think. Um, high school or, or maybe maybe younger. High school or younger, but I don't yeah. think I'd go for the univers- university level. Mm. Um, Would you also be a wrestling coach? Uh, maybe. A wrestling. I, feel like, I feel like every history teacher I ever had was also a coach of some sort. Yeah. So. I might do, be a wrestling coach, too. I wasn't the best wrestler, as you can tell from me breaking my collarbone. Neither are <laughs> high school wrestling coaches. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably something I would have done because I was a huge fan of history. Um, another thing I would have done, which is, I guess, is the other answer is also based on my co- time at college, but uh, are we allowed to work in film? Uh, I don't know if that was Not one. really. It's no. entertainment. In nothing Could, entertainment. I couldn't do the technical aspects of film? Ye- oh, maybe. Because I did I a lot know. of film stuff in college. Um, but if that's not an option... Like, you could work at, like, a news station. Yeah, if that's not an option, uh, I would probably uh, become a nurse. Fair. Because my, my mom has become a nurse. Second question. Uh, 15-year-old kid says, Jeff, Mel, you guys are living a good life. You're riding a boat working for Second City. Hmm? How do I do what you do? All right. This is what you have to do. Oh, okay. I like where this is starting. <laughs> You've got to move to Chicago. Uh-huh. You have got to go through all your classes. Second City I.O. Comedy Second Sports. Second City I.O. Comedy Sports, right. And you've got to, to uh, hustle. Uh-huh. You've got to wait for probably three or four years. <laughs> um, no, I think, honestly... Your best bet, in my experience, to pursue this path is to have yourself be seen in a director's program show at mm-hmm. the Second City and try and show, as a woman, I will speak to you as a lady. Let's, Let's break it down, girls. Show varied character work and don't play victims. Huh? And then just keep doing that until someone sees you. Keep working. You, they'll find you. Yeah. They always do. All right. Jeff, what's your advice? Dress for success. This oh guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my what God. What would you wear? What's success? I, I would wear a duster constantly, even in the summer. Then a cowboy hat that has feathers on it. I love it. <laughs> um, really, what you should do is... Uh, like I, I think Mel brought up some good points about doing a director's program at Second City. Being... Mm-hmm. Uh, being somebody that people like to work with yeah. is uh, very nice. Um, I think that I am maybe nicer than I am talented sometimes. <laughs> so I. All right, sorry, the uh, computer messed up. You said that you were nicer than you are talented. Yeah, so I think that if if people like working with you, you will be able to do a, a whole slew of projects. Because um, you know people don't want to work with that jerk that's gonna be a diva or divo at every step. Yeah, it's truth. Truth. I like the truth. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. What do you want to plug? Where can we see your videos or... You can see us at the Stardust <laughs> Theater on St. Thomas St. Night. St. Thomas Night this week. We yeah, have so a show if you happen to be on the Norwegian Gym, <laughs> so, uh, uh, that the... would be really funny if I had a listener who would, like just randomly... What? The gym? 
If that if if someone ever comes and meets me on a boat and says I listen to your podcast, I will just give them five dollars because be that's there's my there's awesome. my challenge. If you come find me on a boat and say hey, I listen to your podcast and now I'm on the boat, you just got yourself five bucks. That's five dollars oh, wow. off your next cruise. Wow, that's fancy. Mm-hmm. You can also uh, next cruise will probably be on Port Canaveral night. Oh and, gosh, yeah, we're going back yeah, to seven days, and uh, you can see us doing some improvs in the Spinnaker Lounge. Yeah. Um, but you can also <laughs> improvs. Uh, see me. I right now the only active thing that I do is an hour with your ex, your podcast, uh, your podcast with your boyfriend, with my creative partner and current life partner, um, Mark Coulomb, and you can find that at thexhour.podbeam.com. Um, and if you go to Vimeo and search Mark Coulomb, you will see some videos that I have done with that guy. There are two that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done a couple videos with Awkward Spaceship. If you look them up on YouTube, I've done If Computer Problems Were Real and Holiday Post-it Notes oh, with them. I saw that video. That was funny. Thank you. The Computer Problems one. Very cool. Oh, thank you. So, yes, uh, Dave Urlachis. He's a funny guy? A hugely funny guy. And thank you so much, and put me in more videos when I get back. Put me in videos, too. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you got some videos? You got Uh, some website? You got something? I I have a blog out there somewhere. I haven't updated it since August. But I have a Facebook page you can check out. Oh, nice. It's Jeffrey Murdoch at Facebook. So search Jeffrey Murdoch at Facebook. I think it's pretty enjoyable with my pictures. Um, but also, I finished a movie a while ago called Master of Inventions. Oh. So you can search for that on YouTube or Vimeo or Facebook and, or Google it. Um, it will be premiering in Chicago somewhere in April when I get back cool. from the ship. But uh, yeah, if you want to watch the first five minutes that was just put out there recently on Facebook by Mr. Joe Avella. Search for his stuff, too. He's fantastic. Great. Yeah. Um, besides that, I, I really should get out there in the... Uh, on the internet more. I, I'm almost invisible on the internet, so I enjoy it. Uh, thanks, guys, thanks, for Rich. being on the Thank you so much, Rich. Living the dream. Yeah. yeah. A huge thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. The email is livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. The fan page is facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Next week's episode features the lead singer and drummer of the band Ocean Vibe, the very cool Kieran Phillips. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.